Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we began to look at Dr. Willard F. Harley Jr.'s signature book, His Needs, Her Needs, Building an Affair-Proof Marriage. This bestseller has been translated into 22 languages and has sold more than 3 million copies worldwide. We had just asked the question, how do affairs usually start? An affair usually begins as a friendship. It may be someone from those you both consider your best friends, or it may be someone you have met at work, at church, or at a community function. Conversation draws you together. At first, you talk about various topics of interest, but over time you begin to share personal problems with each other. As you spend time together, you discuss more intimate problems, and eventually the problems you discuss reflect unmet emotional needs. As your friendship deepens, you start giving each other mutual support and encouragement especially in regard to your unmet needs. Life is difficult. Many people become disillusioned about the way their lives are turning out. When they find someone encouraging and supportive, the attraction toward that person acts as a powerful magnet. But the attraction is not logical. It's emotional. When you become involved in an affair, You and your lover seem to have an unconditional willingness to meet each other's emotional needs. You feel sure that no one could ever be as exciting a partner as your new secret lover. As the intensity of your mutual care and passion increases, you discover that you are caught in a trap of your own making. You lose all sense of judgment as you literally become addicted to each other in a relationship built on fantasy not reality. While most people would deny they could ever get involved in an affair, the hard truth is that under certain conditions, any of us can fall victim. It happens to very normal men and women. It happens through a very deceptively simple process. And remember, Satan works through deception. First, you let someone outside of marriage meet one of your most important emotional needs, let's say uh, intimate conversation. You may feel that there's no problem just talking to someone, especially if your own spouse doesn't seem interested in the problems you face. Next, you find this friend to be particularly concerned for your welfare, and you begin to feel the same way toward your friend. The conversation turns to affection. From there, you begin to explain to each other what you need most in life, and you both express a desire to meet those needs for each other. You think you've found your soulmate. In some cases, the process may take only a few weeks. In other cases, it will take many years. But it happens with astonishing regularity. Sadly enough, Dr. Harley says, it seems to make little difference what a person professes by way of religious commitment or moral values. According to Dr. Harley, your emotional needs keep score. Well, how does this work? 
Let's look at what he calls the love bank, an inner scoring device you probably never realized you had. While it's possible that two inherently incompatible people might marry, it's unusual. More frequently, marital breakups occur when one or both partners lack the skills or awareness to meet each other's emotional needs. More often than not, being right or wrong for someone depends not on some mysterious compatibility quotient, but on how willing and able you are to meet that someone's needs. Unfortunately, most people's approach is how to salvage marriages that have gone on the rocks of an affair. But I want us to emphasize the other side. I want us to look at how to affair-proof your marriage by building a relationship that sustains romance and increases intimacy and closeness year after year. To make your marriage fair-proof, you need to know each other's basic needs and how to meet them, mutual understanding. In order to do this, we need to understand how needs become so powerful and all-consuming. Remember, needs keep score with relentless precision. To help understand this, Dr. Harley created a concept he calls the love bank. It's his belief that each of us has a love bank, and it contains many different accounts, one for each person we know. Each person makes either deposits or withdrawals whenever we interact with him or her. Pleasurable interactions cause deposits, and painful interactions cause withdrawals. Remember, there are no neutral interactions with people. In my love bank system, every deposit or withdrawal is worth a certain number of love units. If I meet a friend, uh, we'll call him Jim, and the encounter leaves me feeling comfortable, one or two love units will be deposited in his account in my love bank. If the interchange makes me feel good, Jim's deposit in my bank may be five love units. Very good, he gets up to ten. But if he makes me feel exceptionally good, the sky's the limit. Twenty or more can be deposited during one encounter. Suppose, however, that I find myself feeling uncomfortable when I'm with someone. I will call her Jane. One or two love units are withdrawn from Jane's account. If she makes me feel bad, five units may be withdrawn. Very bad warrants a ten-unit withdrawal. If I consider my encounter with Jane among the worst experiences of my life, it may cost her a 20-unit withdrawal or more. As life goes on, the accounts in my love bank fluctuate. Some of my acquaintances build sizable deposits. Others remain in the black but have small balances, perhaps because of fewer interactions with me. A third group builds up still smaller balances because my experiences with them are mixed, sometimes pleasant, sometimes painful. For these people, deposits almost equal withdrawals. Other people go into the red with me. That means they cause me more pain than pleasure. I never feel good when I think of them, and I do not want to see them or be with them. In short, their accounts in my love bank are overdrawn. 
Obviously, the love bank is not intended to be a mathematically accurate concept. It's simply designed to underscore the fact that we affect each other emotionally with almost every encounter. The accumulation of positive and negative experiences determines our emotional reaction to those we know. We're not usually actively aware of this. Nonetheless, the love units keep coming in or going out. Two love banks constantly operate in marriage, his and hers. Interestingly enough, after you're married, you don't accumulate points at the rate you did before your marriage. And this is mainly because you share a much wider variety of experiences than you did while dating. Now you are together when you feel good and when you feel bad. Credits and debits in your love bank accounts are being posted in accordance with the ups and downs of life. I think you have the general idea about the love bank concept, so I'm not going to go deeper into it right now, but I will refer to it from time to time. Let's go back for a minute to one of Dr. Harley's basic tenets, that if any of a spouse's five basic emotional needs goes unmet, that spouse becomes vulnerable to the temptation of an affair. By examining each of these areas of need separately, spouses can learn how to take care of each other in ways that will make their marriage resistant to affairs. More importantly, their marriage can become far more exciting and fulfilling with more trust than ever before. As we mentioned earlier, Dr. Harley has identified and named 10 emotional needs of men and women. While all 10 are shared by both sexes, five tend to be rated by women as most important and the other five as rated by men as most important. This disparity between men and women regarding the priority of these 10 needs makes it difficult for the two sexes to empathize with each other. Why, each asks the other, are these five things so important to you? None of them strikes me as so vital that I couldn't get along without them, at least for a while. What's the matter with you? Because of this lack of mutual understanding, the couple unknowingly works at cross-purposes, each trying to fulfill the needs he or she feels, not the needs the mate feels. So, wives may easily shower their husbands with affection because they appreciate it and want it so much themselves. Conversely, husbands smother their wives with sexual advances because sex is one of their most pressing needs. Each becomes confused when, at best, the mate responds with mild pleasure and, at worst, becomes annoyed, irritated, or frigid. This sort of behavior in which one spouse gives the other something he or she doesn't need that badly, becomes self-defeating and destructive. Because the priorities of men's needs are different from the priorities of women's needs, each partner must take the time to discover and recognize the other's most important needs, those with the highest priority. Amazingly, many people think they can do this simply through intuition. Dr. Harley's position is that it can happen only because of clear communication and effective training, which screams to me mutual understanding. 
The husband and wife who commit themselves to meet each other's most important needs will lay a foundation for lifelong happiness in a marriage relationship that is deeper and more satisfying than they ever dreamed possible. Well, our time has gone for today. And as always, but especially this Easter weekend, I want to encourage you to attend one of the many Bible teaching and believing churches here in the Treasure Valley. Celebrate Jesus' victory over death in the tomb. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.